And where are the best? Well, not in politics, that's for sure. Times have changed, Germanus. Once politics was the only way our young men could climb out of the slums. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. I mean, if I don't know what you're up to, and if I, if I don't holler and scream when I think you're doing it wrong, and if I just mind my own business and don't vote or care, then I just get what I deserve. In the name of democracy, let us all unite! I'm Dennis Lambert, and I'm running for president. Thanks for tuning in. This is a special episode, the last uh, portion of the Green Party Black Caucus presidential debate in Muncie, Indiana, on September 20th, 2019. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to record the entire debate. Uh, I've just had some technical difficulties, uh, and the sound isn't the greatest on this, but uh, please enjoy. As always, there's more information on my website about my campaign at www.dlpotus.com. A little extra notes, a special thing was, it's the first time that uh, Chad Wilson, a newly declared candidate, appeared uh, on a debate. Unfortunately, a pseudonym did not appear, and uh, we still haven't seen Roland at any of our debates yet, but we're looking forward to meeting him and uh, hanging out with him for a bit. So, enjoy. No spoilers. To start this question with David. A question from our from our audience is: We'd like to know if you would denounce white supremacists, white supremacy, and how, if you were to be president, if you were to if you will <laughs> denounce white supremacy and how. Um, well, yes, I I denounce white supremacy as I said. The, um, the United States as an illegitimate white nationalist colony here on stolen land and built on, on slavery and genocide. And I'm, I, I don't think it can be saved. We need a real change and we can't be white nationalists. We need to, to shut down the USA and turn over power to the um, African and indigenous and other oppressed people. And um, you know, I see, I see a lot of protests against um, the alt-right kind of, kind of neo-Nazi type people, and I, I can't stand those people too, but I'm not gonna join with, with Zionists and with um, pro-war liberal Democrats to go protest the, um, the so-called fascist right wing when our whole system is fascist. So um, that's what I wanna say, and um, so I, I have more time, so. Um, okay, well then, um, the, as I said, one of the reasons I'm, I'm running is, is to say that, that this whole system and the whole phony elections are, are, are you know, phony and we can't, like, we can't pretend that we're going to be elected and we're going to be part of the system and do moderate reforms. We need a real change. We need the candidates, our Green Party candidate, to be really revolutionary. Uh, of course, denounce white supremacy. I want to denounce bigotry. Anybody that feels like they're better than somebody because of the identity politics, and I think that's a, that's a big, a big part of it. I think prejudice is built off ignorance. It's built off, and we talked about uh, cannabis. Uh, more people being in jail for cannabis than all the other crimes combined. And remember, since because blacks and minorities are four to five times as likely to be arrested, even though whites and blacks smoke at the same rate, 
And can they report that on the news, and then they beat the fear drum, and then that's how they, they make white people fear. And the same thing they do with Islamophobia, uh, same thing when they need to separate and keep people uh, fighting, or they need something going on, That that's, that's a big part of it. So I, I, I will absolutely denounce that, and especially identity politics, because we have people when, in, in our own party that when we are trying to uh, articulate a valid criticism, they're quickly to throw the identity politics in somebody's face as if someone, because of a woman or a person of color, can't be um, questioned for their actions. Deeds matter more than words. So absolutely, I renounce white supremacy and its effects on me, my people, and our country as a whole. But what we need is system change, folks. We need to get rid of the white supremacist power structure. We need to end its effects upon housing, upon banking, and a major issue affecting people of color in this country is redlining. We need to strengthen dis disclosure laws. We need institute, institute anti-redlining laws, support community banks capitalized with public funds, support co-op credit unions, and support the extension the Community Reinvestment Act so that we encourage banks to help residents of low and moderate income communities and reduce red lining. We need to end it in education. We need to give the power back to the people to ensure that we have a truly equitable educational system. We need to end the new plantation system, mass incarceration in this country, fed by the failure of our educational system and fed by the failure of our justice system. The issues relating to access to justice, which we will help solve through a more robust public defender system. And we need to end this war on drugs in this country. Yes, it's easy to denounce white supremacy. The question is how do we defeat it? And I would argue that the answer to white supremacy and racism is black power for black people, brown power for brown people. The Rainbow <laughs> Coalition that Fred Hampton Senior talked about in Chicago, every community should have power to control their own destiny. So we're talking about community control and ownership of the police, the schools, the housing, the businesses, so that people who have been racially oppressed are no longer subject to the decisions of racist gatekeepers. And they're, you know, they're the professional managerial class, employers, bankers, landlords, real estate agents, even union business agents in some cases, lawyers, judges, police, that whole professional managerial class, including politicians. We gotta replace them too. So the, the key is to empower communities so they are not subject to the decisions of others. And then the whites can't be supreme. They just have to take care of themselves like everybody else. Okay, um, I gotta say, I think the most glaring thing going on right now that speaks of white supremacy and enabling white supremacy by the government is the border camps. Uh, there are concentration camps on the border. Children are literally dying, and we have to uh, uh, immediately close those camps right away and call them what they are, which is concentration camps. Now, this is really important to me. As far as I know, I'm the only candidate that's actually called for a law that says that if you are spouting a racist, white supremacist ideology, neo-Nazi, or some sort of other uh, sexist, misogynist misogyny uh, uh, philosophy, such as if you're going into a forum online and saying, I want to do terrible things to women, I want to do terrible things to minorities, that should be enough to get you arrested full stop. There are whole websites out there dedicated to misogynist, horribly racist, and sexist things. Just look at Gamergate. Look at what happened in El Paso. These folks are talking to each other on websites like 4chan and 8chan ahead of time. 
Why aren't the police monitoring this and shutting this down? It's absolutely insane. Nazi means one thing, to kill folks. That's what it means. That should be the red line right there. I have uh, denounced white supremacy and racism. In my press release of August 14th, I've also called on the Green Party and all associated state parties to immediately begin drafting and adopting a platform of anti-racism and anti-white supremacy. As a candidate for president, as I said earlier, one thing that I would do would immediately purge the government of white supremacists, the federal government of all white supremacists, and urge Congress to immediately enact legislation that will prevent white supremacists from holding any elected or any any uh, position in the government that is paid by our tax dollars. We don't need our tax dollars to continue white, supporting white supremacy like it has been through the drug war. Um, I don't know what more I can say other than, you know, we are all from the same genetic origins. We're all from Africa. You know, we have to treat, start treating each other like we're brothers and sisters, or we're all going to end up in the same ditch. So the next question is, and we'll, um, We'll start with Dennis, and then we'll go. We'll start going this way. Do you support a universal basic income? I'm still doing a lot of research on this. While I, I support it in concept, I, I'm really more about uh, economic reform, other than just another subsidy. I, I understand the concept behind it, but I, I can also see how it could easily become abused, uh, where people who don't need that uh, $1,000 a month or whatever the, the goal is for the UBI for whomever is running on that platform. That could be another way for landlords to raise the rent uh, because, oh, you're getting this extra $1,000 a month and now we can charge you another $500, $1,000 for every adult in the household. Uh, I do see how it can be economically empowering. <coughs> We certainly need to increase the basic income from people getting on, uh, Social Security for disability and retirement because I've worked with a lot of veterans and senior citizens who that is their primary income. So that definitely needs to be increased and possibly that as part of the UBI uh, should be our focus. Okay, uh, yes, I absolutely support uh, a basic income, universal basic income. Uh, let me go through some of the reasons why. I think the most important reason is that the number one thing the government hates to do, Republican or Democrat, is to just put capital and resources right into the hands of poor working class people. So a basic income would do exactly that. You would be able to choose. I could not stretch a dollar the way uh, you know, a public housing family can. I personally cannot do it. But I know that if we hand money directly to families that need it, uh, individuals that need it, that they will choose what's best for them personally. That's why I believe in a universal basic income. Now, how would I fund my universal basic income? It's not with a tax on the poor. It is with defunding the military. The military annual budget is over $600 billion, probably closer to $700 billion. And that's just the budgeted amount. That's not all the extra money we put into for war. That easily $100,000, $200,000 could be used for a basic income guarantee day one. And it would end poverty in this country immediately. And that's the most important thing about it. Yeah, I support a universal basic income as long as it's above poverty. This has been a demand since the 1963 March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. It was in the Freedom Budget in 1966. It was in King's Poor People's Campaign. And that's got to be done. Now, I think the best way to do it, rather than what they call basic income grant that everybody gets, you give it to you know, Warren Buffett as well as the poorest person in the country, 
Better way is a negative income tax. You put your taxes in. If you're below the poverty line, you get a monthly check every month to bring you up to poverty. That's the more efficient way of providing that basic income. The other thing we got to watch out is that giving people income just above poverty and then not letting them work is a problem. The Greens had a slogan in Germany when they first came out, we want a fair distribution of work and income. So they were looking at ways, for example, to get 40 hours paid for 30 hours work because the productivity gains since the 1970 have all gone to the top. That's why our wages have been flat and the 1% has been getting richer and richer. So we need to look at that. And then we need to start introducing things I can't have time to talk about. Thank you. Uh, uh, yes, I support universal basic income. Uh, some people um, try to take a leftist position against it because it doesn't like really change things. And I, I'm, I, you know, I do think we need a change in power and a change in ownership, and we need workers to own the means of production, etc. But I, I do support economic human rights. So people, everyone has an economic human right to to housing, to good food and water, to to healthcare, to transportation. I, I could go on listing a lot of things people have a right to, and people also have a right to have some discretionary money that they can they can buy what they want. But so I support um, universal basic income, and it's also the economic human rights. They are part of the reparations. The reparations are on top of the economic human rights. Every person deserves all these economic human rights, and then um, people who have faced injustice need to get um, reparations money in addition to that. Thank you. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet with the universal basic income. I think we have enough resources, enough things that we can do, and, and that we need to do without, again, putting a, a, a central money on it. Um, we, own, we own our labor, regardless of if, if anybody realizes it or not. All these people that, oh, bring back the jobs, fuck those jobs, we go around them. The internet gives us the access to, to go straight to consumer. Right now, this is the first time in history that we can ever, we can communicate with people all over the world, all over the country, and we can make things happen. So I'm more about, again, organizing our resources, starting co-ops, and Ocean's Eleven, if five people or whatever, or 11 people know how to have, can collectively make something, create something, we need to be able to piece people together, find, here, create a product together, and we have the resources to do it. Um, but for, you know, if there is UBI, and one of the concerns is about, uh, about people abusing it, we have the technology for oversight. The internet gives us that, so. I do support universal basic income, but when people live in food deserts, when unequal healthcare availability raises actual costs, when mass transit is hard to access and low reach, the reach of those dollars will also be unnaturally low. The idea of solving economic injustice simply by bringing some money back to the people without reining in the corporate abuse of this system is unrealistic. We need to end predatory lending practices. We need to forgive student loans. We need to provide free college to all. We need to provide free pre-K to all, and we have to increase access to housing. Yes, housing is a fundamental human right. And we need to revitalize our communities by supporting co-ops in our communities, particularly minority-owned businesses and co-ops, so that we give economic power back to the people. This is about empowerment, folks, not just bringing some of the money back and allowing an abusive corporatist system to still abuse everyone. This next question is somewhat twofold. 
Um, do you support compulsory education and public schools? And we'll start with Mr. Wilson, and and then next David, and go from there. Do you support compulsory education and public schools? Um, I mean, I support education in whatever form it comes. Uh, I think, again, with the internet, with technology, we are able to create an, a, an education system that can reach people um, and educate them on things they need for life. And the problem with our system now is the things that we're being taught and trained is more about just going along and, and be, you know, be good little, um, you know, sheep. And that's, that's what we got we to gotta get out of. We got to get people to think of how to work for themselves, how to look at life, how to create, be the architect of the life that you want to build. We have, we have, I, I don't think people realize what technology we have right now. We can reach people on a mass level. There's no reason why, why the party should not be, I mean, overran with people. Right, right now the political arena is so crazy, there's no reason why. And it, it just, it, it comes back to, um, you know, giving people the opportunity and the education, even in the party, to understand how, how things go. Okay, well, I, I support public schools, but they gotta be different. The, we have this imperialist educational system that's, that's designed to, to teach, teach kids uh, to think the wrong way, to, to believe in imperialism and capitalism as the, the best way to run the world, and it's like, it's particularly offensive in, um, you know, black and indigenous communities where we have this white kind of education that, that ignores um, people's culture and puts them down and schools in, in the United States are, they're designed to, to turn kids into basket cases to, uh, to upset and traumatize them and, and turn them into workers or, and not, not let them make a change in the world. And we, we've, got to, we've got to change that. We've got to have black community control of the schools. We've got to have different kind of education. So no, I do not support compulsory education with the current system? Uh, I value my education, and uh, most of it was a public school education. Unfortunately, the public school systems have now moved from actually teaching students to trying to force them to understand a, a test that uh, they take once a year. Uh, I believe public school systems are really valuable in that uh, they provide resources not only for the community in times of uh, for extracurricular activities and, and, and entertainment but it's also a pathway for our communities to build themselves uh, i believe in educational reform that would include uh, teaching philosophy to high school students junior high and elementary school students i believe we need to have a more enriched education where people are learning more about a lot of different things instead of being prepared for a test and then not having any idea about what their future can hold after they get out of college. A lot of people go into college just because they're told that they need to go to college to get a better job. A lot of people are forced into those loans because of that. Back in Baltimore, I worked with a group of uh, African-American families that were trying to start a free school. And essentially, they found it to be nearly impossible. Um, they simply could not get the resources together. But if you want to start a charter school, they'll let you do that in Baltimore City. If you want to homeschool, they frown on it. But if you go to this website, 
It's literally a website now a company runs, and you sign up, and you the state will pay the company. They will consider that part of your homeschooling education. So I think that, again, like some of my fellow candidates, capitalism is at the heart of what's wrong here. We cannot give capitalist institutions the reins to run our schools. That is why I'm against charter schools in general, because charter schools, nine times out of 10, are corporate charters. They're not doing what they were originally intended to do. We need to give that money back into the hands of the community. If the community says they want a free school and they want to teach their kids uh, what happened back in the day to their family, then we should be able to do it. That should be part of our our, our, our job. I just want to make one more thing. We need free college for everyone. Yeah, I support compulsory education 6 to 16 and lifelong tuition-free public education from pre-K and child care to college, technical school, adult education at public institutions. we got to stop this privatization in these charter schools. They're scams. They're ripping off the public. There's so many criminal activities going on there. They're feeding at the public trough. we got to oppose mayoral and state control. Uh, they're wrecking school districts. Just look at Philadelphia, Detroit, Newark. Daryl will tell you about Youngstown. We gotta oppose tracking, which starts in New York City. They start testing people in kindergarten. We didn't even, when I was there, we just played. We didn't even see any letters till first grade. We should have academic and vocational tracks in all schools. Why are we rationing good education? In New York City, you get tracked into two thirds of the high schools don't have physics classes. And this tracking starts in kindergarten. And what this is all about is segregation by economic class and race. And all those things, tracking, charters, and outside control make the segregation worse. Yes, I do support compulsory education. I support our public schools. I am a member of the Youngstown, Ohio School Board. The only person running in this race is no elected office. And my role in education has been to support the people's power over our future. That's what public schools represent, the community coming together to support the ability to shape the future. And in my town, Youngstown, which is it's suffered severe economic setbacks, the hope that people have for their children is much of what they are clinging to. And unfortunately, the state takeover in our district means the corporate world setting. Don't think that the only privatization is charter schools. Because when you have a state takeover, what happens is contractors swoop in to also monetize our children and monetize the failure and facilitate and accelerate the school-to-prison pipeline. And it's got to stop. For me, education was a ticket out. That's how I got into Princeton and through three law degrees. And I want to see that for every single American. And in a majority-minority district like ours, we have to stop allowing corporatist interests through the governmental officials they control to monetize minority students Failure. I am on in this race in order to make sure we have equal opportunities for all. We have two more questions left for the candidates. Um, homelessness is expected to rise by 20% over the next five to ten years. And so, how will you address that if you are president of the United States? And what is your solution to uh, unequal pay for equal work? And we can start here, with Dr. All right, so I mentioned earlier there is a human right to housing, and that's something I support as a candidate. It's a human right to housing, to food, and we have to make sure that we provide for that as a government. It's a basic human need, and that's something that we're going to do on an equal basis for, for everyone. We are going to deal with this homelessness problem head on by ensuring that we reach out through governmental partnerships to get every single person the housing that they need and they deserve.
human dignity demands it. When we talk about unequal pay, there are many different fronts to unequal pay. There is a gender gap, and we have to deal with that. There's a ge definite gender disparity in pay, but there's also a racial disparity. And when you add the two together, you have black women earning 61 cents on the dollar compared to black men, compared to white men. And the disparity that that creates is a very stark picture of the America that we live in, one in which people of color are devalued even down to the cent in this country. What we have to do is institute laws to make sure that we change the effect, not just the, we have to make sure we institute laws to change the effect. Thank you. Uh, the Green Guarantee, uh, it, it does include, it's, it's the quality of life for everybody. Food, uh, food housing, shelter, you know, your, your, your basic things that, that people have. Again, if we organize our resources from all the reclaimed wood, all these broken down houses, there's plenty of places to house people. So we're, we're not in need of land, we're not in need of, of houses, we're in need of, of leadership in order to make this stuff happen. We need a party, we need a place for people to go, and the party needs to, to be the one leading this. We can do this ourselves. We can organize all these resources ourselves. There are, Every day when they, when they rebuild or they do something, uh, uh, work on a house, there's all this material that they throw away or they burn and they get rid of it. Tons and tons and tons. There's a guy in my, my city, which is a little town, there's 2,600 people in my town. That's what he's been doing for 25 years. He's been taking all these reclaimed wood and he makes things out of it. You can go on Etsy, you can go on Pinterest, there's tons of things. And that's a job program, is showing people how to use these tools, how to do these things. And by organizing these resources, we can put people in these places where they need to go and get it fixed. Okay, well, um, housing, housing is an economic human right. Every person has a right to have a, a good place to live, and we need to implement that for everyone. Um, Ten years ago, there was um, this subprime mortgage tobacco, and millions of people lost their homes, and the Obama administration gave trillions of dollars to bail out the banks, not the people. And we need reparations to all those people who lost their homes in the subprime mortgage tobacco, which was disproportionately black people. So we need reparations for that. There, there are um, black communities around the country that were, that were um, leveled and, and they put through like freeways and, and stadiums and stuff and we need to give, have reparations for those communities and restore those communities and in general we need to move away from this idea of like real estate speculators owning owning the housing we need um, community control of housing two big subjects one short time uh, housing uh, I worked as a social worker for veterans for about six years before I was fired in May because we were a nonprofit and losing funding I know that the best thing for anybody in any, uh, any situation that they're in is to have a stable home. If they have mental health issues, if they have a stable home, a lot of those issues can be addressed in a more efficient manner with state, uh, stable housing. I believe housing is a human right. Uh, we need to extend that throughout the government. We need to reduce the incentive for banks to foreclose on homes. Part of my reparations program included uh, property and housing uh, reparations. Um, and as far as paying inequality, we need to show that everybody needs to talk to each other about their income and their pay. That's the only way that we will know where the income inequality is and start to focus on where we need to address the income inequality when we have that education. Uh, back in Baltimore, an organization came to town that claimed 
to represent the poor. And they came to us in Reverend Chambers and Public Housing and they said, where are all the poor people? We want to put them on display for our next project. And we said, they're right there. They're in the churches that you all claim to represent. They said, no, we don't see any. So we've got an activist in our community named Bonnie Lane. And she said, yeah, there's homeless literally amongst the people in your church. I don't think you understand this, but we've been feeding them. The Green Party has been out there literally feeding the homeless. And then when we learned about this, we made sure that one man, young man in particular, who was homeless, who was a church member, who was part of this organization that claimed to help the poor, got housed. And then we made sure that he became a RAD delegate. And now he gets to fight with my mentor, Reverend Annie Chambers, whenever Ben Carson tries to destroy public housing. And on top of that, we have to make sure we understand the fact that public housing is being destroyed by Democrats as much as it's being destroyed by Republicans. Democrats are the one in my city of Baltimore trying to tear down public housing. The Obama administration literally privatized almost all public housing that happened under Obama. So that's why it's time to go Green Party on this issue. We can end homelessness by having the government guarantee everybody the right to a decent home. First step is universal rent control. The rent is too damn high, that's why homelessness is rising. The private housing market has never provided affordable housing for low-income people. They work the upscale side of things because that's where the money's to be made. So we need a new commitment to public housing done the right way. Instead of segregating poor people of color, isolated away from transportation, grocery stores, medical, you know, hospitals, and so forth. Uh, we need to have mixed income, public housing like they do in Europe. Professionals, working class, poor people are living together. It'll be a desegregation program, a great jobs program. It'll be a clean energy program because it'll be powered by clean energy, and we can integrate it with the public transportation system to have walkable communities, which is an ecological thing. It, and it does all that as well as affordable housing. This should be a major commitment. It's something that the March on Washington 63, the Freedom Budget 66, and the Poor People's Campaign, it was a central demand to get us back to work and get people into homes. Okay, your last question, which, which um, would affect you, I'm sure. But if you were to become president, yeah. if you were to become president, how would you alleviate voter suppression and gerrymandering that affects black communities of people of color. And we'll start with this. I think one of the best things that we can do is reinstitute the Voting Rights Act. Uh, as, along with all the enforcements that are there, we need to uh, have uh, automatic registration for voting. We have to make it safer, easier, and faster for a lot of people. Uh, the reason why a lot of people don't vote is not because it is uh, you know, that difficult. But the times that a lot of people have the opportunity to vote does not coincide with their work schedule. So that leaves a lot of the working people out. Uh, in our state of Ohio, they got rid of some of the weekend voting, which uh, a lot of the minority communities would uh, begin you know, a bus or a car and take several people at a time to their local polling places to, to vote. So with the technology that's available uh, we can make it easier and more available for for people to register as well as vote and participation is key so i i, I take a different view of this i i i've, I've heard the arguments for increasing voting I, I i i personally feel that the right direction is a federal level voting system we have a state by state voting system in this country we should move that system to the federal level and the reason I say that is because, look, in Baltimore, 
you could just see the election irregularities pile up and pile up and pile up. We get so many of them, so many calls come into my office whenever we run a green for office, it's absolutely insane. And on top of that, we have to start talking about ranked choice voting, proportional representation. The system needs to be changed. The entire way that we do representative government should really be tossed on its head. That's why my campaign is actually doing something amazing. We are calling for an open source platform. Anyone can go to my website and actually put in your ideas onto our platform. You should be able to vote. Voting should be a national holiday. You should actually be getting a paper trail. But you should be able to vote by phone. And it's a technology that we should start to research and really think about. Because voting should be a universal right directly available to every single person. Well, obviously, we need to reinstate the preclearance provision in the Voting Rights Act to get rid of all this photo ID and all these other ways they're suppressing the votes that they're targeting, which tends to be black folks who would vote for Democrats, Republicans doing it. But the Democrats do it too. We had a big instance in the primary in 2016 in Brooklyn and uh, it hurt Bernie Sanders. That was machine politics. Uh, we got to deal with party suppression as part of voter suppression. You know, the working class doesn't vote in this country. They don't like the two major parties. Most of them don't vote because they feel not they're apathetic, they're alienated. They feel the two parties don't speak to them, so they ain't going to affirm those two parties by giving them their vote. So we got to get the Green Party and alternatives on the ballot. In the UK, you want to run for the House of Commons, it's 10 signatures. In this country, you want to vote for Congress, it's thousands of signatures. You people in Indiana and Ohio know how hard it is to get on the ballot. That's voter suppression, too. And finally, gerrymandering is irrelevant if we have proportional representation. In multi-member districts, don't matter how the district is wrong, because every party will get their fair share of representation and votes. And one more sentence. One more sentence. Two seconds. No, no, no. We need, instead of an electoral college, we need a national popular vote with instant runoff voting or ranked choice voting. To finish off my last point earlier, we need to deal with the effects of discrimination and pay scale, not just pay lip service to them. We need reform of the EEOC and the laws it enforces, and we need to deal with the hurdles to get an effective remedy to employment discrimination. Now, talking about voter suppression and gerrymandering, we need to end those racist voter ID laws, folks. We need to deal with the fact that portions of the Voters' Right Act have been nullified, and they are being nullified by state takeovers that take away the choice from people over things as basic as education. And we talk about gerrymandering, I agree with the idea that we have a fundamental overhaul of our democratic system, then issues like that will recede into the background because we need proportional representation, we need ranked choice, we need more options for people. And when it comes to control over that new democratic system, we need to make sure that the people have oversight and insight into all of it, that they are engaged and involved with controlling how we deal with the democratic deficit that exists and persists in this country. Yeah, party suppression. I think I think uh, Howie's right about that, but he doesn't want to talk about the party suppression that's going on in this party, where he has co-chairs that are have the fixes in. And I want to know if you're actually talking about the Socialist Party party suppression, or are you talking about the Green Party? Because you're a member of the Green uh, the Socialist Party since the '70s, I believe. And our question, uh, it is a question. It is a question. It's a question. I stick into the question. It's about party. Voter suppression. Right, okay, so how can we get there unless we have a place to go where people have integrity? And if a candidate is not a registered or otherwise a party member of any other state, national, political party, individuals, primary state, or residents, except for the state party which has affiliated with GPUS or a party forming for the intent of GPUS affiliation in a state where there is no GPUS affiliated state party. Basically, 
Since that you are a Socialist Party member and you're running for the primary, you're not supposed to be up there. And if we're talking about integrity, you want to talk about, about gerrymandering, you want to talk about changing Time. things, let's change the way we Time. run things first. Time. Time. Oh. And, and oh. how we get to 30 how seconds. How we get 30 seconds to respond. Please, please respond. No more comments, please. Yeah, I'm a socialist. I belong to the Socialist Party. I belong to the People's Party when the Socialist Party formed. I joined them both to try to bring them together. I'm seeking the Socialist Party nomination as well as the Green Party nomination. I'm trying to build unity on the left. And as far as, uh, what did he say, steering committee people are... Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, saying that the, I'm saying that the, the rules, he asked what I said, did not ask what I said. Okay, no yelling, please. Don't talk down to somebody then, if he asked what I said. Well, look, the steering committee people are not going to decide who our nominee is. You are, the members of the Green Party, through your delegates at the convention. But you cheat with your, your team. That's Come on. Uh, David Let's let's be or, let's be orderful hey, here, hold, hold. but not orderful when it comes to how the way the party is ran. Okay. That's my right. Last, we last. can break rules as long as it's for Howie, but not for somebody else actually having something to say. I'm sorry. No sir. No sir. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. Put, if, listen, please, 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 go ahead. Who? I'm sorry. Who? It's almost done. Finish up. This is finish ridiculous. Up. Come on, let's just finish this finish thing. Up. You want to suppress? You want to suppress some more? You want to suppress some more? This is how the Green Party operates. Hey, I'm trying to too. You can only speak when it's your time. Okay, well, first of all, there there are a lot of socialist parties, and I don't have a problem with people like working with socialist parties or being a member of socialist parties, but the Socialist Party USA is not an anti-imperialist party. The international socialist organization that, that Howie has done a lot of work with is an imperialist party that um, supported that supported the wars against Syria and Libya, that um, they went they you know went to rallies against Gaddafi every week instead of going to anti-war rallies and um, how he had sponsored an ISO forum like for the so-called Syrian revolution. His work on Syria has been to about like overthrowing the Syrian government, not stopping US intervention in Syria. Um, there's a guy, Anand Gopal, who works for an organization that's funded by the, the State Department, provides millions of dollars, and how he cites the sky for its information to denounce the Syrian government. And I'm on, on Sunday and Monday, I'm going to the people's mobilization um, against uh, to stop the um, U.S. war machine, which is going to have um, dignitaries from countries like Bolivia, Cuba, Iran, Syria, Nicaragua, Zimbabwe there, because I stand in solidarity with people and governments of countries that the U.S. is attacking. Okay, I just want to say, every time we mention a candidate's name, he gets to respond, and I think we're ready to hear the speaker, so okay. if, if Howie, hold on, if Howie wants to respond to that, he can, but I just want you guys to know each time you mention somebody's name, they get to respond If you to want that. to give him the actual criteria, so we can look at I gotta say something, I gotta take this back oh, over. Hold on, man. Wait, let's, let's get this done. Wait, I, I gotta say something real quick. 
I'm sorry, we're running out of time. We have guest speakers, and so we have extended our courtesy to all the presidential candidates at this point in time. I'm going to ask you all to continue on. If there's time at the end, after everyone has answered their questions, I will refer this back to Howie because he has a right to respond to that. But at this time, we need to keep this going so that we can get the presidential candidate, um, the guest speakers up. We're running out of time. Closing statements now? No. Or Answer the question. Whatever the questions are, we'll move this next. We finished. We finished with that round. Closing statements. 30 seconds. 30-second closing statement. Uh, I'm Dennis Lambert. I'm running for president. My website is www.dlpotus2020.com. My platform is Ending All Wards, $25 minimum wage, Medicare for All, and renewable infrastructure. That should be 30 seconds. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I just got to say, my um, fellow Green Party candidate is not wrong. Something stinks in the Green Party, and uh, we got to fix it. We don't have any credibility if we don't actually do voting rights in our own party. So that being said, I am an anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist, anti-colonialist candidate who wants a revolutionary socialism now, fundamentally changing our economic system today. And you can go to schlackman.com right now and you can add your own two cents about my platform. Because this is what it means to be a revolutionary socialist. Open up a platform for every single person to get their opinion and thought in there. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, in the introduction, I want to talk a little bit about party building. My campaign is trying to help the states as best we can by paying petitioners to help you get on the ballot. When we do that, we want to have organizer training. Greens are good activists who show up. We don't know the organizing skills of the union or community organizer knows. And we need that because we've got to expand our base among working class youth and people of color. So we're going to try to help the Greens with that way. We want to build unity on the Greens and on the left too because we got some messages for the social movement. They got some problems too, and I like trying to elaborate. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. I want to say thank you to all our. I'm sorry, Darian. This is the last three. One of my favorite things is to see the parents and grandparents of the students that I've served at the voting booth. Because to me, that's a connection between the students that I help empower and the generations that came before them. It's very important to see that community empowerment. That's what I'm all about. I used to be a behavioral specialist at the school, and I dealt with a lot of students who were angry all the time. And I get why they were angry all the time. The family life situation they had to deal with, conditioned by the systemic racism in this country, you would be angry all the time too. And I'm angry for them because it is not fair. But you know what else? I also know why the caged bird sings. We have to bring freedom to all Americans in this country and a sense of equal opportunity for all Americans, black, white, or whatever their background. Thank you. Thank you. We need to rid the party of toxic people. There are toxic people all up and down, mainly in our co-chairs. We have people that are doing events, greens for greens, under under the guise of greens, a co-chair, but doesn't want to make it an official Green Party thing because that means they would have to ask more people to go to it. Now, when you leave people out of the Green Party, when you talk down to them, do this, do that, oh, you're not doing anything, you're Republican, you're different. When you talk shit to people, people aren't wanting, gonna want to come to your party, and they're definitely not going to stay when they get here. So if you want somebody that cares, chadwilson.us. Okay, well, um, <laughs> I guess, well, 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 <laughs> Yeah, so one of the main reasons that I'm, I'm running in this process is, is because I'm, I was very disappointed that um, 
anti-war activists I know are supporting Howie Hawkins because he's an, he's an imperialist candidate. At the last debate, he said he supports these protests in Hong Kong. There are phony CIA-backed protests with people waving US and, and UK flags asking for Hong Kong to be recolonized. And I don't know which countries the US is going to be threatening or at war against next year, but um, how he might be supporting the pretext for war. Please vote for somebody else who doesn't have to be me. Okay, once again, I'd like to thank all of our presidential candidates. At this time, I'm going to start introducing our guest speakers because we are now down to 35 minutes. But thank you all for um, coming and joining us in Lexington and answering some very difficult questions. I'm here to tell you, money sometimes isn't very easy to deal with. <laughs>